You're listening to the After The Show podcast, the weekly movie review show from your friends at ascully.com. So, Sid Talk, when you um, have a problem with your internet connection, what do you do? I usually tell you. <laughs> what do you do? I uh, usually, um, well, used to call the internet provider, in our case, Mediacom, and tell them something's wrong. And then they will um, tell you to unplug your modem. That's the first thing, right? You unplug it, you plug it back in. Still something wrong, because obviously it's not that. Ever. It's never that, is it? No. Well, no. And then they will um, tell you they'll send somebody out. And how long does that usually take? A week or two. Correct. And then when the guy comes and arrives, what what's usually the case? It's fine. Correct. It's, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it by two weeks because it's not our problem. Yeah, so this week we had problems with our internet. We phoned up. A week later, a guy arrives. The internet's fine. The guy tells me, your internet's fine. There's nothing I can do. You need to phone us back if there's something wrong. And I said to him, if I phone you back when there's something wrong, you'll send somebody else two weeks later and then it'll be fine. He just shrugged his shoulders. It's great. Because they know. It's a fucking scam. <laughs> That's why. So, um, I have found a little trick. And this might not work for everybody, but it seems to work for Mediacom. But this time it didn't either. Well, no. It's a, it's a, little, it's a bit of a side... It's, it's a shortcut to things. But so, it doesn't always work. And it's worked for me in the past, and it's worked for me. It's pretty good. Anyway, the trick is, find your internet provider and see if they have a Twitter account. And we do, at Mediacom Support. So it might be at Cox Support or at Comcast Support. See if there is one. Follow them, and they'll usually follow you back. That seems to be how it works. Then when you've got something wrong, just tweet them. And, and I know, see what happens. And I know you can't tweet them if your internet's down, but some people can because they've got a cell phone with 3G, so they can still tweet them. But tweet them, and how it works with Mediacom, if you tweet them, they I don't have to give them my name, address, or anything. They've got everything there. As soon as Ace Gully tweets them, they um, say, yeah, we'll just look at your signals, check How do signal. they know who you are? Because they follow me. So I know, but how do they know who you are, your account and all that? There's no way. It's not on there. No, you don't tell them anything. They know who you are. Well, they knew the very first time. They yeah, you have to tell. But from now on, I just tweet and they say, yeah, your signals look good immediately. Like, so I found it's a nice shortcut instead of waiting on the phone for an hour. Just tweet them. It's quicker. So, yeah, that's um, tips for internet support. And that was not, as we will now say, that was not the before the after show discussion because I find that topic very boring. And I freaking hate Mediacom. I love the service. I hate dealing with it. When you say, oh, it's been slow now for about seven seconds, I'm like, well, I'm not going to call them because I'm not going to listen to their phone. I'm not going to. So I hate that part of it. And I find this tweeting thing works quite well, as long as you've got internet. If your internet's gone, gone, then... What was our before the after the show discussion? Barbarella was the most of it. And what else? It was something to oh. do with internet connection as well, because I, 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 that's why I started mm-hmm. like that. Um, we were talking about the cast and stuff, I suppose, so that we were actually talking about the movie before we come on here to talk about the movie. Correct. So... When you're listening to this, it will be Monday, July the 16th, 
2000. I think that's flawed because not everyone will listen to it on Monday. So don't know your method. Here. A lot of people listen. A lot of I do. know from my stuff. Sure, but not everyone does. Right, so it's Saturday, July the 14th, 2012. <laughs> Correct. Um, you will be listening to this whenever. Af- way after that date because it's not available on that date. So we're recording this Saturday, July the 14th, 2012. This is after the show number 232, the movie podcast where me at a scully. You at Sid Talk or don't have ads on them if you're not contacting us via Twitter. We're both on Twitter. Review movies. Review movies? Correct. Right? (laughs) What about review? What? I don't understand what you just said. It was pretty pretty (laughs) clear. You can contact us at A Scully Review Movies? No. No. I said. I think, they all, I think they all heard it. I said, Please repeat what you just it's said. It's the movie review show where me, Ate Scully, and you, at Sid Talk, review movies. Okay, I get it now. I was just giving them who we are. So, um, the movie we're going to be reviewing this week is a new Blu-ray release. It's Barbarella, a movie from 1968. And it's um, released on Blu-ray. This It was released on the 3rd of July. It's an... It's not R-rated. It's PG-rated. I put down R-rated because I assumed it was, but it's not. It's a PG movie. Its tagline is Queen of the Galaxy, plus other taglines. There's lots of taglines yeah. for this movie. Um, it's from Paramount. And Sid Talk here is going to tell you a synopsis of Barbarella. Hmm. Queen well, of the Galaxy. She is an agent from Earth, Republic of Earth, which we're now all collectively together and we no longer have wars and weapons and all that kind of stuff um she is sent on a mission to find a dude who at some point did invent a weapon the positronic ray and his name is duran durand his name is durand durand and then the band named themselves after it but they're not durand durand they're duran durand but she has to find him and go to this crazy place she goes she meets like fucked up things and people and situation in order to basically all she's supposed to do is find him and bring him back but then of course she finds a a rebellion going on on this one particular planet because it's ruled by a tyrant and there's this oozy stuff underneath him that's making them all be bad which I would think is very much like what? What does it what does ooze that thrives on negative power remind you of? Ghostbusters 2? Yeah, but... So, you know, it's got a lot of things in there that I think if you start watching modern things since, that a lot of people have picked up on shit from Barbarella. Maybe even subconsciously, but... Um, that's it. She's a... Uh, so it's, it's crazy, and I said to you, I can't decide if it's pure genius at times... Or just completely screwy. And, you know, what you just said there actually makes... If you look at cult classics throughout the years, movies that are not particularly successful but then find an audience later, a lot of them you could look at and say they're either genius or not. Or completely lunatic movies, you know? So it really fits into that. Um, So I saw Barbarella years ago. When I was a child, I saw Barbarella. Like, a te- not a teenager, before that. Like a ten-year-old boy. And I haven't seen it since then. So it's, I've seen clips of it on television, actually. But I've never seen it in its real form. Um, and it's, it is, and I'm a big fan of Flash Garden, which is a 19... We've reviewed Flash Garden. I like these type of insane... What I would say about Barbarella is 
when I there's not another movie like it apart from Flash Gordon, really. <laughs> it's I bet there are. We just have there probably seen are, them. but I mean, not on. The, I'm sure there are a lot of um, B movie type uh, movies of the time that tried to copy it and stuff. But there's nothing so. This is like a huge movie with a big movie star in it. Right, but it is a B movie. It's a crap movie. It just happens to have a movie star it, it and is, lots but that's, of money. What I'm saying is like a nine million dollar B movie. So there's not tons of those because p- people didn't spend that kind of money on these type of movies. Um, you know, if you look at it on a surface, it's pretty bad. It's a bad movie. It's not a great story. <laughs> it's not. Um, it's it's rife with social commentary, political commentary. Some sexism commentary, sort of the role of women, um, and lots of like little hidden things that you you might. It's kind of like the intellectual snobbery of people of the times, pointing you know at these little weird inconsistencies in our culture and our society. Yeah. And it's like sexploitation type movie mm-hmm. too. You know, it's like you know real lingering shots of Barbarella in her skimpy outfits and changing outfits all the time, and she's. You know, basically in like lingerie and, and yet rubber she's suits. Quite brave, and she's not fully afraid of anything. She just kind of goes for it. She is. She's not stupid. Loyal? No, she's loyal to her cause, which is basically just getting this dude. And she's. I don't know. She doesn't really come up with any solutions to anything. So it's not like she's not MacGyver type of lady. She doesn't like save the day or anything like that so you know there's a toss up here you could make that character like super awesome as a female character but she's sort of skirting the line of damsel in distress and wanting to be the strong you know like uh, role model type of woman but it was just not the times yet 1968 you know what I really like about it is it like captures that slice of time it can't be from any other period it no just, you can tell you know the music specifically it's it's the swinging 60s right there like so I like how it captures that piece of time I like how it's really risque for what it is like I mean it's there's nudity there's lots of sexual talk bondage there's sex going on there's drug use. There's it's it's full on. You don't like, see any sex though. You don't, but it's all it's implied. All, yeah, and it is of the mind. I mean, of, you see naked people. Yeah, and it's of that mind, that school of thought, that our primal urges for sex and pleasure should actually rule us, and that to you know to rule all of people. You need to just let all your inhibitions go. And that's a very 60s, 70s kind of a thing. And it's really there. Like, that everyone who's good has been cast out of the city. But when you look at the labyrinth full of quote-unquote good people, it's all just naked people who want to screw all the time or have, like, this weird sensuality about them. So, I don't know. It's very... It's a little confusing. And just because it says PG people, don't watch it with your kids. Just because the cover looks cartoony. I think teenagers would be fine, right? It's it's not... But, yeah, it is, it is a thing, and I've always been baffled by not it. Not 13-year-old boys, no. And the movie's a PG movie. And like I say, I saw it when I was like a 10, 11-year-old boy. And I remember seeing it as a 10, 11-year-old boy and going, oh, ooh, you <laughs> know, like, I, I'm seeing boobs, I'm seeing, you know, Jane Fonda in an orgasmatron or whatever you call it. You know, weird... Stuff that I didn't even comprehend, but it's, you know, so on that level, 
it was like amazing to me as, as a you know plus it was a space adventure which I loved right <laughs> we'll um, get to that in a minute yeah so then but like it's always baffled me that it's a PG it's not a PG-13 it's not a, it's a PG right <laughs> so a PG what is fine for you know to sit down with your kids and watch that's what they're saying to you there's no way right no. there's no way it's that so, yeah, if you look at the Blu-ray box, it still says PG on it. Yep. And it's cartoony. It looks like a... I mean, like literally a- in the opening two minutes, there's a strip tease that involves boobs, right? The boobs are out, the nipples are on display. She's completely naked. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, you don't see, like, any... You did. Did you? I, yeah, you uh, see her crotch. Yeah. Right. All right. Yeah, so... They didn't shave back then. <laughs> you know, so for a PG... You don't see that these days. You're not going to go and watch The Dark Knight and see Catwoman stripping off and see everything. You're just not going to. So it was a different time. It was a different. It was also made in Italy. It's a European movie. Um, different, but you know, it feels like we've got more prudish. Sure. As time went on, which is really it's an odd thing. Censorship. I always always been fascinated by it. But I think yeah. sometimes our restrictions on nudity, not sex. We're not seeing people screw here. We're not seeing penises go in vaginas. We're not seeing even a simulated sex of any kind. But nudity, as it is the concept of it handed from generation to generation in every single household and every family, it's handled certain ways. And I think sometimes our restrictions come from parents, say, your friends who are 40 years old and have children, and the children go, oh, there's a booby. And the parent feels uncomfortable dealing with that. Like... That's where the restriction comes from because the grown-ups don't want to explain to the young person um, it's just the human body. There's nothing wrong with it. However, you don't strip off at school. Like, there's a difficult thing. So if you just draw the line under it and have everybody be weirded out by it and say, only 17-year-old people can look at naked boobies, then no parents have to deal with that conversation. And I really, because it doesn't do anything to you. To see a nipple or a penis it, or anything. And it's like. different in um, America as it is to England because we watch Big Brother, for instance, and they're not. It's just Big Brother. You have Big Brother in America. Big Brother in America is not going to show full frontal nudity. Mm-hmm. For men. And, and, and they're women. people living in a house and they get naked on occasion, right? But in the in the American one, you're just not going to see it. In the British one, there's no qualms. They'll show somebody yep. running around naked. So we have a different. We. As far as television and movies go, we do have a different vibe. In America, though, it's super... Like we've said before, <laughs> the the most example of this is we watch Night of the Living Dead, uh, or the other Return one. Return of the, the Return yeah. of the Living Dead. And there's a topless zombie on a table, and its nipples are blurred out, but it's cut in half. Yeah. It's and a everything dying, else is on display, just the nipples it's are It's a tormented, out. tortured, dying <laughs> soul, but because the nipples are showing, they get... I don't even know that the nipples are there. I no, think it's but they still blurred. blurred. But then again, is that to be funny? No, it's not to be funny because okay. I've seen the real, right. you know. No, I mean, when the guys were going through the movie mm. to make it for TV. No, I just think it's a TV censorship thing. But I'm saying it's like American TV. And If this Barbarella was on American TV, I'm sure it'd be cut It's been half. on American TV. Not like that, though. Uh, I, that's how I saw it, I think. I saw it once on HBO. On HBO. And I've seen it on TV. Like on, um, you know, late night. On if it was NBC on AMC or something like that, I think we didn't always have We didn't have that back then. So we would have ABC, NBC, or CBS. I believe it was on NBC one time after Saturday Night Live. 
So Saturday Night Live would have been over at 12.30, and then 1 o'clock there was always a movie. And I believe that's one of the times I saw it. And I, I mean, I forget a lot of things from movies anyway, because when I was really young, 12, 14, 15, I just wasn't paying that close attention. But I did see the stripping scene from the beginning. I do remember her having had sex with the angel, but I always thought that was edited, but it's not. Mm-mm. It's completely, there he is, and the next thing you see her like, oh. With feathers all over. And there's no sex at all. You just know, right. because she sang the first time she had sex, she just had sex. But I always thought that was edited out, and oh, wouldn't it be weird to see the angel having sex with her? But that, so, I don't remember how edited Edited it was. There's a fascinating thing about the about the censorship. Um, so about the movie itself, what was your favourite scenes? Very. I'll favorite. tell you what mine always have been. <laughs> um. Well, I don't know. I don't know that any of them. I don't know. What are yours? I'll think. Obviously, I love the strip tease. Yeah. Any movie that opens with a zero gravity strip tease that actually looks really weird. <laughs> it just looks weird. Any movie. So the one movie that does. I'm saying any movie <laughs> that opens like that. That's awesome. I mean, and it is really... And they use the the um, letters of the words to cover up certain spots at certain times. Like um, that mm-hmm. old 60s trick. Um but what I really loved is the children with the weird um, <laughs> teeth-eating dolls. Yeah, those dolls. I always love that part. You mean the flesh-eating dolls? Yeah. <laughs> um, clothes and flesh-eating dolls. I always love that. I um. I've re- forgotten them completely. They just creep the shit. They creep your shit, and then they get their comeuppance kind of thing. Um, and I always loved the um, scene with the hand. The hand. Yeah, when they put their hands together. Oh, yes, that was funny. I, I was... didn't remember that one at all, so maybe that was cut out. Right. In, you know, the TV It's really, version. really funny, especially when all her hair starts curling. I don't know. I think meeting Pygar, that's cool, and him explaining his story, and then, Pygar, you live in a nest. Yes, it's amazing. and I love them in the nest. I think that's really cool. Um... When the lady explains to her about that the ooze doesn't like her so much that it put a bubble around her because she's too good and can't even stand her, you know, that... I don't know. I don't think any of them stand out to me as, like, my favorite scenes. There's, like, obviously there's no CG back then, so and the Blu-ray release looked really fantastic. It doesn't look like a movie that's 40. No, no, it's excellent. Yeah, it looks really good, uh, and... Because of that, you can see a lot of imperfections, can't you? You can see, we saw, as you see, see wires on spaceships... What else did you see? Uh, obviously, the striptease part at the beginning. There's some you can kind of see how it's done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks amazing. They did a good job. Of, you know, this is like a movie that you know it's got a cult following. But they they went and restored it. Like, was that worth well, it's the money? Jane Fonda. Yeah, so, Jane Fonda doesn't like this movie. Now you know that for a fact. Yeah. You're saying that I read that what? from an interview with her. On what? From um, where? E. Times or something? E time? And what did she say? That she doesn't really talk about it. Um, she sees it as soft porn, and um, it's not really her thing. It doesn't mean she doesn't like it. She, well, it does mean she, she doesn't um, associate herself with it anymore. She wouldn't go to a convention and sign as it. Right, or, but I don't think that means she doesn't like it. I think she said I think she that what I've ever heard her say is that she wouldn't have chosen to do it 
if she knew then what she knew now about life and politics and things, but I don't know that she doesn't like it. No. Although I say it would be just a piece of shit movie if it wasn't she if she wasn't in it. I think it is a piece of shit movie <laughs> yeah. with her in but it. But she's awesome. Yeah, but I, but what I mean is I, I, it's a bad movie. It's it's not a good movie. I mean piece of shit as in no one would ever notice right, it. Right, right, yeah. And people notice it because it's kind of outlandish. It's, it's People notice it because she's in it. I don't think it's just because she's in it. I absolutely do. Not for me it wasn't. I, I like the style of it. You know, the whatever that is. The, you know... It's like a child made it, and a child says, I want to make this comic book come to life. How do we make it? And that's what it can Yeah, like a school play almost. Like, just yes. a cheap way. Like, yeah. And I, I ask you, what's the big deal about Dino De Laurentiis again? Because if you just start adding producer, up the movies yeah. that he's produced, where's the genius? I don't well, get he's, it. He's, not a, he's a producer, right? So I don't know if there's a genius involved. Uh, there's money involved, obviously, right? And he allowed certain projects to be done. Well, producer's that. just producer, as in he does all the, all the control of everything. Yeah, so he's not a creative type. He, But he uh, greenlights things and lets things get... So this wouldn't be made without him, right? And he's got his whole family are producers. Like, in fact... They're thinking of doing... Well, they are doing a Barbarella TV series. And his niece is involved in that, you know, as the deal of De Laurentiis. But no, I don't see him as genius. Like Roger Corman, right? People say, oh, Roger Corman, amazing. Like, he made all those cool films. His films are really, really bad. Like Which ones are like his? Like Death Race 2000. Oh, yeah. The old, like, exploitation kind of films. All of his films are pretty bad. Grand Theft Auto with Ron Howard. But he is seen as like a Roger Corman is this thing. He did this thing, you know? Mm. I don't know why. It's like a... What is it? Like a culmination of a bunch of shitty movies or um, what? <laughs> it's like that shock value, I suppose. Like the guy who put the shark in the stuff. That artist. Somebody who breaks the mold a bit, maybe. Like yeah, tries something different. Yeah, but with a really different. super snobby attitude. Like... Oh, I'm going against the expectations of all the other people in my little circle of pretentiousness. And look at this. I'm shocking you. Do you mean I'm like shocking a, you. Like an Andy Warhol character. Like Yes, to some degree, absolutely. That there is there's not a lot of it's more like giving everybody the bird who's in your little world of snottiness and then going, see, I can be because you know, I'm, I'm like Roger Corman, <laughs> and you guys are all making your Hollywood movies, and I'm making Death Race 2000, which is kind of trashy. Well, yeah, like, I don't want to follow well your rules. You are, like. I don't want to follow your rules. I don't want to follow all of your little things, and I don't want to. And I'm gonna just do whatever I want. And I don't know. I have a split thing about it. But there is definitely something about Barbarella. It's followed me through. You know, I like I said, I've not seen it for a while, but I did see it a lot, obviously, and a lot of people like it. Because it's so bad, I think. I don't think it's because it's bad. I also think because there's nothing like, like There's nothing like And that. I love Flash Gordon, which came along in the 80s, and it's like its nearest companion. I mean, it really is. It's like, I mean, that is a bit better than this, as opposed to, like, the sets are better and the, the action is actually better. The story of Flash Gordon is better than her story, too, I think. But you could companion them, sit and watch them both back, what you, to back What's wrong with this story? She's going to get somebody because I he's, just don't. I, like the like world has. It's not as action packed as I would like. The world has passed, has now passed the time of wars and conflict, 
and some scientist from Earth has disappeared and has potentially created a weapon, and the government of Earth wants to get him back so that he doesn't it doesn't get into the wrong hands or whatever. I think that's a good story. Did you ever see a movie Flesh Garden? <laughs> no. It's kind of like Flash Gordon and Barbarella mixed together. It's not a porno. It was a uh, like a videotape movie from the eighties. You know, it was real famous. Um, it's made in this kind of style, but it's r- really cheap and and it's kind of a Flash Gordony story, but with sex at every moment. But not like hardcore porn or anything. Just like some sex scenes and stuff. Maybe you should see it. Is mm-hmm. it on Netflix? <laughs> I don't know. But that kind of fits with these, too. And there's one called Danger Diablique. Have you ever seen that one? Mm-hmm. That's in this style, too. And they're the only movies I can think of that fit like this. Like, a, whatever this is. This psychedelic... Psychedelic. Um, yeah, speaking of that, they're... I guess on another on another level, if you want to try to overanalyze it, in the beginning when she says she's about to travel into the temporal space... Versus where she was. Now, that's a very psychological term. Temporal space. Yep. And that's where she's going to. So is it supposed to all be on the in your mind? It's all just a trip, basically. Well, and that's you what know? it does feel like a bit. Because the space that she's traveling through is represented more like what other people who haven't done acid would envision an acid trip like with like trippy oil splurges and colors and like a sparkler right up next to the camera all close and that's supposed to be space that she's traveling and they did do all um, those effects i was reading with fireworks yeah oil lamps yeah you could tell and magnifying glasses (laughs) yeah you could tell that's what i'm saying that's another thing was that really the intent that you're not really there's no world of this place there's no barbarella you're just going through some like trippy thing if in the late 60s slash early 70s you did some LSD or took a lot, some hits from a bong or got really wasted and watched this. I imagine it would be kind of cool in that way as well. Or now. You can or still now. do LSD yeah. <laughs> and, I, and smoke pot. Even watching it without any drugs, it feels like a drug trip, right? So, Ah, but without drugs, we find the flaws. Yeah. With drugs. Yeah, exactly. You would be like, it would be like, oh my God. So what we're saying to you is take drugs. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> Watch this movie. Um, no, no. <laughs> don't, don't take drugs. It's bad for your kids. But <laughs> with drugs, it could be enhanced. But I really like it. I don't know why I like it. Most people would look at it and say, what a pile of poo. I don't know. Yeah. I, you if you're going to watch it, give it time. Don't give up on it within the first few minutes. Don't fast forward through anything. Don't get frustrated with it. Don't get bored. Literally, and I and that word is overused, but I mean literally keep your eyes Focused on all the parts of the screen and just go with it. Because there is a lot. Like, uh, go with the flow. There's a lot to see. It's really colorful. And on Blu-ray, it looks really good. And there's, like, funny parts. I loved it. A really funny part. I laughed out loud so many times. One of the funniest parts for me is where she's got that Iceman's um, (laughs) dress on and the the tail keeps getting trapped in Yeah, and she gets tossed around. She's, I mean, Jane, when we get to the cast... She must have got bruised up in this movie. She was awesome. I, I mean, mean, she must have got bruised awesome. up, right? Like, she fell, falls she over, certain, she gets thrown at things. Yeah, she, she has a certain comedy timing about, at least in this, in this, that is awesome. Like, I was really impressed. So let's move on to the cast. Jane Fonda plays Barbarella. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... I think she's amazing. Yeah, and it's got that... 
I don't know, it feels like a 60s TV show or something, but it mm-hmm. kind of fits to me, like, you know? You mean like a like a bad version of Star Trek? Yeah. Even yeah. Star Trek is pretty cheesy, but I mean, even a Star Trek version. episode could be this if it wasn't so sexual. Like it, it I mean, the planets they got—they're the same standard as a Star. I don't no, think it's a bad. This is way below the standard of Star. The Trek. original Star. Trek. Yeah. You think? Yes. See, I always saw that as pretty bad too. It is, but I'm saying this is way below that. But yeah, she's good, Jane Fonda. I mean, she's obviously what makes this movie probably what sold this movie, right? Well, Pygar was pretty good, but yeah, definitely Jane sold John it. Philip Law plays Pygar, who is like a blind um, angel. angel. who Just uh, it. He's been, he's been thrown to the labyrinth beneath the city because he's just good, and that's it. And, he can, and he's been blinded. Angels don't make love. They are love. Correct. That's his uh, motto. So, um, yeah, he's really good. And, and angels uh, don't remember. Well, I, re- I was reading about him. And he's in other movies, and people criticize him for being a bad actor in movies, right? Like, there's a lot of movies he's in. This is just people saying that he's actually a bad, you know, really low bad actor. But they say this is his greatest part because he had to kind of play this cold, mm-hmm. almost emotional, you know, just this. Neutral. How, how he plays it is very Non judgmental, yeah. So a lot of people say this role was made for him. I've not seen him in other things, even though he looks very familiar. He hasn't been in very many things at all. I looked, and he's also has passed away. Um, Anita Pallenberg plays the great tyrant, and she is oh, awesome. She I like. Is awesome. I almost like her better than Barbara. Hello, pretty pretty. Yeah, she's really good. I swear, people have used that in some other really gory movie or some other intense movie since then. Hello, my pretty pretty pretty. Sounds like something like Tarantino might have ripped off or something. Very likely. But yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, she is. Um, you know, and she's... She's completely dubbed, though, so we don't know what she really yeah. sounds like. She's actually Italian, so they dubbed her as uh, some uh, American actress. French-ish. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there is some odd... This was this movie, and I just read on the trivia of it, was filmed... They filmed a, a French version and an English version at the same time. And, and Jane Fonda's fluent French speaker. So there's two versions that they made, you know, dialogue-wise. But they kind of dubbed over stuff. And the that, looping is, like, yeah, atrocious. Terrible. Yeah, really terrible in parts. And the sound is horrible. It's like there's... It's dead. There's no sound. And yet there's loads of people mulling around. And you can tell the ground is covered with whatever fluffy Yeah, you stuff. don't hear none of And it. all you hear is... Yeah. To represent... Like, one set of... I mean, it's weird. It's really poorly done. What I think is, you know, like, when they do Foley work in in movies now, uh, where they, like, literally go to great lengths to make every single thing sound right, and, like, if you're in a ma- if you're in a scene where there's a lot of people, like a market scene, for instance, you hear conversation, 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 people moving, f- uh, clothes swishing against each other, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah, you're right. It's nothing. It's just Dead dialogue. Air. Yep. The dialogue's really clear, and it and is a, sometimes it sounds like this. Like yeah, like it's in a, in, a, in a booth. They're standing in a studio, and they're recording all their lines, and yet her voice sounds like this, and then the next person yeah. is talking to her. And it's like not this. the fault of the Blu-ray, yeah, uh, no, even no. though you don't even get a surround soundtrack. It's just a mono track that comes out the front. Yeah, no, it's just. But the all movie. the dialogue's perfectly easy to understand. There's yep. no muffled dialogue, um, but it's not a surround sound thing. They didn't do what they did with The Wizard of Oz and made it go all around you. It's all there. And that's fine with me. I think it was perfect. I wouldn't want it any other way. It sounded better than... We watched Platoon, which isn't as yeah. old as this. 
And Platoon sounded like an old movie to me. Like it didn't have any bass and it was really tinny. This sounds be- sounded better than that. Mm. Which was really odd. Like, I mean, like the, the actual quality of the sound sounded better. Um, so next you've got um, Milo O'Shea, who plays Duran Duran. Um, <laughs> Seems like he's been loads of things. Yeah, he's very... Just psychotic kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know that, the part where she's in the uh, organ? Yeah. And he and it keeps looking at him, and he's like, <gasps> his hair is getting all frazzled. Really <laughs> 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 funny. Like, I, I, and her hair was sweating. Did I keep, you notice? Yeah, I did notice that. <laughs> I keep thinking about um, like how many like reaction shots he had to film because like it looked at her, it looked at him, it looked at her, it looked at him, and every time he had a different, his eyebrow was up or his eyebrow was down. It was really funny. That guy is, is like anonymous famous guy because you know he's been loads of things, but. And then finally, um, Marcel Marceau, who is a famous mime artist, a lot of a French mime artist, uh, played Professor Ping. Um, and yeah, he's there, Professor Ping. And M- Marcel Marceau was in quite a lot of um, movies. Um, did you like him in this? <laughs> oh, you're miming. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, directed by Roger Vadim. Um, who was Jane Fonda's husband at the time. Um, what else did he direct? Oh, I wrote it down. Uh, he, and God Created Woman, God Created Woman, Pretty Maids All in a Row, and he was. Re- he says he was responsible for Bridget Bardot's whole career. Mm. Um, she was one of his women. I read about yeah. him. He, he launched her, to, apparently. He was married to Jane Fonda. He was married to her, Bridget Bardot, and he also had a long-term relationship with Catherine Deneuve. Right. Um, so yeah, he directed this movie. It's not the greatest you know, movie. Anyone who says they take credit for someone's career is just sleazy. He did take credit for it's it in sleazy, that interview man. I read with him. That is gross. So yeah, um, it's not the best directed movie. I will say <laughs> that um, it's not the best movie in any category apart from like if you want something psychedelic and weird. Yeah, but I appreciate it. And I think it's really good. In that, I feel in like a, she know. rose above. Marcel Marceau as well had a very grounded, like that. He was the elder guy in the labyrinth who could fix her spaceship and all that. And he had a little bit of wackiness to him, but he was the one of the other. Him, Pygar, and she were the three sort of anchors where everyone else had that extra wackiness about them. And all I have to say about the Blu-ray is, you know, it's 44 years old. Um, mm-hmm. And... Paramount. Welcome to the club, Barbarella. Yeah, Paramount <laughs> did an awesome job with the slipcover. The slipcover's brilliant. It's got like the, you open it up like a gatefold and it's got like the original artwork from the movie and then it's got the re-release artwork from the movie as the cover. It's a brilliant cover. And, but they didn't give us any extras at all, like nothing. Not, no interviews with anybody, no nothing. Just a theatrical trailer, which is kind of funny to watch. I have a feeling that's because maybe at this age, at this stage, most people are dead. Because mm. I read a lot of the casting crew are dead. And if Jane Fonda is not interested, mm. that guy's dead. The director. Dino De Laurentiis, I'm assuming, is dead. Marcel Marceau is dead. The Pygar guy is dead. I would like you to know what I'm something. Like, 44 uh, years later, anybody who was 30 or 40 at the time. But, you know, they Fonda. obviously went to the trouble of restoring it in a way. So it must have its audience. And I guess it still does all this time. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to hear a bunch of fanboys talking about it. Would you? No. Well, I'd like to see something. It's, it doesn't seem like they give it the royal treatment by putting nothing on. Just the trailer. I'm okay with it the way it is. Um, so, yeah, it's got an awesome slipcover. And if you get it quick, uh, if you wait, you won't get that awesome slipcover. Um, 
So, in conclusion on uh, Barbarella. It's a really, it's an acquired taste, right? Yes. Not for everybody at all. Definitely not. And I, if I were people, which I am, uh, watch it alone. Because if you watch it with some Yahoo's going to sit there and constantly poke fun at it or be like, oh my God, that's stupid. You're not going to soak it up. So get it, even if you're getting it on your phone or whatever. It's not the kind of movie where you have to have the big screen experience. It's more about the weirdness of it. Watch it on your own. And, and appreciate it for what it is. Like, and there don't, is, don't throw it away. Just there is room it's... for that kind of viewing as well, like having a laugh, having fun with it too. After you've watched after it, you've once. seen it, yeah. Because it's that kind of movie where you can sit and yep. go, "Oh my god, this part's really." Because when she's bad. rolling around, I'm just like, "That's just fucked yeah. up." Because she really does. She seems like she's unafraid of falling down and being knocked over and rolling down things and. Like you said, she had to be bruised up. And some of those moments are just like... Like when she lays down the first time to have sex with Caveman Guy. She just like... Yeah. Lays there. And it's it's like comedy genius almost. Her body movement and everything. I just loved it. Yeah, so... Um, that machine was weird. Yeah, is the is actual <laughs> organ. It's, oh, no, the machine. No, the air machine with the caveman. Oh, yeah, yeah. That took her across this yeah. lake that like looked about sleigh, five feet across. Kind of like a sleigh, yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, what about this skiing thing? That was so, oh my God, so awful. It's, so it's full of awful moments. <laughs> but they're all, all fun. It is fun. So um, Do your own Mystery Science Theater 3000 with it. That that's what I'm fun. saying. There is room for that kind of viewing where you all sit and make fun of it also. So thanks to Paramount for the Blu-ray. Um, next week's Blu-ray review will be Silent House. Um, I have it right there. And the n- movie game for this week, Movie Memory 123. Uh, I it's my turn. Make it tell us what it is. Um, oh, you so, want me to tell you what it is? Yeah, you tell us. Movie memory one two three is I say or you say name a movie that has name three movies that have whatever you could say name three movies that have an angel screwing Jane Fonda, <laughs> and then you have to remember from your memory, not from looking it up at IMDb. But you have to remember three movies like that. All right. So, so the, your your what this one for you this week? Sexy female heroines. Three of them. Yes. Um. One will be. And you can't have Barbarella. Catwoman. Yeah. I didn't love it, but she's a sexy female. One. Yeah. You know, she is. And sexy feline um, heroine. Aeon Flux. Yeah. Charlize Theron dressed in a very super tight thing. And I'm going to say Fifth Element. Yes. Or Resident Evil. There's tons, isn't there? But she's not super sexied up in Resident Evil, so I think... And she's not supposed to be sexied up in Fifth Element, but she is. Because she's in the orange strappy thing. You could say Kill Bill. Oh, true. True, true. You could say... Oh, there's lots. Mm -hmm. There's so many. So, yeah, there you go. You win. So, movie... Warcraft. Yep. Oh, definitely Lara Croft. Movie recommendations for this week. I am going for Book Rogers in the 25th century because it also smacks of this kind of bad sci-fi kind of deal, which is good Mm -hmm. because it's bad. So Book Rogers in the 25th century. I don't know what that means. Explain to me what that means. What? Good because it's bad. Like it's so bad, it takes on a charm of its... Own like because it's not trying. It's it knows it's bad, whereas some things they try to be good, 
like some of these cheap movies where they, they they actually try and do a good job, but it doesn't come off at all. These start where they were going to, you know, be tongue in cheek from. How do you know Buck Rogers was trying to not be bad? <laughs> I don't know. So, um, and the, my second one is uh, any of the Austin Powers movies because if you you know like want to make fun of swinging sixties, Austin Powers does it well, and the music of Barbarella. I, I can see Austin Powers in my mind as soon as it starts up, that kind of swinging yep. 60s. I don't even, I, I, you know, listen Definitely. to the intros of Austin Powers, listen to the intros of Barbarella, it's almost the same thing. Definitely. And I'm going to say one that I wanted to use specifically so you couldn't, so you'd have to go outside of your little obvious, Mr. Obvious box, is Flesh Gordon. I would, obviously would do that. Obviously. You did, and I deleted it. And Bananas, which is a Woody Allen movie, which is also... You know, some might say, I'm not an advocate for Woody Allen in any way. I don't love his movies or anything. But I remember it is wacky and weird. And again, that snob factor of intellectual, I'm so much smarter than you that I can be so funny with these sort of intellectual jokes and wacky at the same... I don't know, it's just... I'll give you a Woody Allen movie that's similar to Barbarella in quality. And it's everything you wanted to know about <laughs> sex, but we're afraid to ask. It actually has yeah. costumes that yeah. look like it came out of Barbarella. Yeah. It's really, like, like cheaply made or something. You could also say, um... Do you know the scene where the, where he's a sperm in the Spaceballs. It's also kind of wacky and weird in that way. And Do you remember like, that? What? On the everything you wanted to know about sex, we're afraid to ask. There's a... It's, it's separate stories. Remember, it's like, um... Mm-mm. I think there's six or something little parables, like, and one of them's he's a sperm inside a penis, and they're all sat on a bench waiting to Kind of remember. And it's just, re- it looks like a Barbarella set. It's, like, all bubbly and weird. And like. is it in that movie or Bananas where sex is like you're holding the white ball in your hand connected to, like, a machine or I something? I think that's everything you wanted to know about sex as well. There, like it's a real like futuristic story. Yeah. But, yeah, it looks it's like It's got that. a very similar kind of vibe about yeah. it, yeah. So, um, it probably was made around the same time, wasn't it? Early 70s, early 60s. So, um, yeah, that's our movie recommendations for this week. Games and Ace Scully stuff this week. There's uh, been a big sale on Vita games this, um, recently. Uh, if you've got PlayStation Vita, it's like a good time to go and buy games because there's been a lot of $10 games. So, a game I bought this week was Unit 13, or last week, which is a $10 game. It isn't anymore, it was $10 for a couple of days. Uh, so, first-person shooter on the Vita. The first one I've actually played on there. Uh, and I want to tell you that it's really good, because on the Vita you have two analog sticks. It's like playing a first-person shooter on a console. I'm excited now, after seeing how well a first-person shooter plays, um, for Call of Duty at, at Christmas, because they're doing a specific Call of Duty that's new for the Vita. It's not the one that's coming on the consoles. It's a side-story one that's going on the Vita so I think that'll be really cool so Unit 13 if you see it in the sales for nine ninety nine, I would definitely pick it up also this week I subscribed to PlayStation Plus um, which is like the equivalent of Xbox Live but on the PlayStation right? is that how you'd say it? um uh, no because uh, it doesn't have the same function but I know what you're getting at it does have the same... Well, no. Mm-mm. You're not buying it to play online with people. You're buying it for the <clears throat> perks over a free PlayStation membership. Now, both the Xbox and the PlayStation have free levels of membership, and they both have subscription-based membership. They both cost $50 a year. 
Now, I've never subscribed to PlayStation Plus, but I did this week. To, and Because the value is there for you. The value is actually... And like, I, I used to look at it, and they've revamped it recently, so it has changed recently. But I used to look at it and think, I don't see the value. Like, they let you play some games, and then when your subscription's up, they take all them games away from you. What's the value in that? Well, there is a value in that, because for the $50... You immediately, they've got this new thing. This is the revamp. That's fifty dollars a year. Correct. So they did this at E3. It's the revamped PlayStation Plus, and they're calling it the Instant Game Collection. So, at all times, you will have access to twelve games through their PlayStation Store if you're a subscriber. And those games include, up to now anyway, games like Little Big Planet Two, which is a big multi-platinum-selling, you know, huge game. Infamous 2, which is Sucker Punch's latest um, open world game. And what was the other one? What was on there? Oh, Ratchet and Clank All for One. A Ratchet and Clank game for the PlayStation 3 that I've not even played yet. It would cost me $50 if I wanted to go out and play it. The caveat is you cannot sign up, get your free games, and cancel. You have to leave it for 30 days, and in 30 days, after you've canceled, they disappear, right? Or something like that? Now, they disappear immediately if you cancel your subscription. But your subscription for $50 is for 12 months. Right. There's also a $17.99 subscription for three months. So you can pay, try that one if but you want. But just because you get logged in and you pay for your subscription and then you say, oh, I'm going to download these all these games for three months and then I'll have them forever, but you don't. No. That's when they disappear. Now, ha- what the service is perfect for, in my opinion, is the kind of person who plays a game obsessively for a while and then never plays it again kind of get all the trophies okay I'm done with that game now move on it's perfect for that kind of person because it's like you don't know what's coming every month they they select the games so every month there's some new games you don't know what they are this month it was Pac-Man DX um, Championship Edition and uh, Renegade Ops and Battle Warhammer 40,000, which is a first-person shooter that I've not actually played, third-person shooter. So um, they, they select the games, but it's kind of like a rental system. Back in the early days, uh, I used to have a Sega Genesis, and my cable company in England had this thing called the Sega Channel for $10, uh, £10 a month. Jeez. Um, so you, bought the, you rented the Sega Channel. They came round to your house, the cable company... They plugged a big cons- a big cartridge into the top of your Sega Genesis and plugged a cable card into it. And then they left and you had your subscription. You turned on your Genesis. There was a big menu with every Genesis game available. You mean you had to have another cable installed in your house? Yes. Wow. So you turned on your Genesis. This Sega channel came up on your Genesis. And all the games available on the Genesis were there. And it rotated. It's not all of them. It was a selection. And each month it rotated, and there were some new ones every month. It's very similar to that model. Wow. So you turned it on, you played you played them for the whole month, and then next month there was a bunch of new ones. That's what PlayStation Plus is, but on a kind of more technological scale, right? It's better. I mean, the games are like brand new titles, AAA titles. And, you know, Sony run the thing. I wouldn't put it past them to have something like Uncharted as one of the games of the month. You know, they, it's their game, right? So... Um, I think it's pretty good value. Now you find the value. And the other thing it does, and if you're a PlayStation Plus member, and I've said to you, I hate upgrading the firmware on the PS3. It pisses me off. I've turned the PS3 on. tells me I need to do a firmware upgrade. Even though we just did it. 
yeah, I'm sat there for 15 minutes doing it. Yeah, we only did it because it's a different PS3. So mm. when you're a PlayStation Plus member and you go into the settings and you turn on activate auto updates, at 4 o'clock every morning, your PlayStation wakes up, it looks if there's a firmware update, if there isn't, turns itself back off. If there is, it, it does it for you. Ours won't, because it's now powered off permanently. It isn't. I put it on the permanent switch. So, oh, um, right. so yeah, it will do that every day. It will. So what that negates is when I want to sit down and play a game, which I do a lot of the time, I'll sit down, I'll turn the PS3 on, it'll say an update is available, you can't log on until you've done it. I sit there for 20 minutes doing an update, and sometimes... When it gets to the end of the update, I don't want to play the game anymore. It's kind of my yearning to play the game I wanted to play has gone because mm. I had to sit there for twenty minutes. Kind of fickle. But what I'm saying is, it negates that because it will do it for you, and then and then you're ready to play. So that's another thing you can do. And the third thing you get for PlayStation Plus is cloud saves, so you can put all your save games in the cloud as well, which is on their server essentially. So if your PlayStation went kaput and your hard drive failed or whatever. You wouldn't lose your save games. You can just pull them all back down again. Is it the only benefit? Yeah, and it's a really good benefit because if you have a PS3 and the hard drive goes, all your save games go along with it. If you've been playing Gran Turismo for, for two years trying to get all the cars unlocked, you'd have to start again. But if you went to someone's house and logged in, can you log into their yes. PS3 as yes. yourself? Yes, you can log then into somebody's hard. house and pull your save games there down. Go. There's lots of that stuff. So for $50 a year... I think you're getting better value than the Xbox. Because... Well, no, because the Xbox, you literally... Literally, again, I'm using that word. You cannot play online unless you pay for it. And that's what you're paying That's the value, yeah. Yeah. Um, On the PS3, the playing online is free. You're paying for this extra plus stuff. The other benefit of PlayStation Plus, there's another benefit, is when new releases come out on the PlayStation Store, you get a discount, and it's usually like a couple of dollars off. So, say... The Walking Dead came out recently, and it was uh, nineteen ninety nine for a, for all of it. Well, PlayStation Plus members, it was seventeen ninety nine. So there's another incentive. You just get a couple of dollars off actual purchase games. Now the thing I'm a bit kind of weird about is when a new game comes out on PlayStation Network, and I'm like, oh, I wouldn't mind playing that game, like The Walking Dead, for instance. Do I buy it and play it, or do I wait because it might be on PlayStation Plus next month? Do you know what I mean? There's a, Do they have a schedule out there anywhere? No. They don't tell you until like a couple of days before it's going to happen. So you just can't relax. You know, yeah. Because you could, you could pay $20 for a game. And the next day it's free. And then free. the next day it's free, yeah. So that's a thing that you'd have to watch out for. Because I've seen people complain that they went and bought Infamous 2 from the store for $50. Then the day after it's on the PlayStation Plus And what are you going to do about that? Are you going to refund me for the thing? Because I don't need it now. Well, if you didn't open the box, you can take it back to the store. Yeah, exactly. So that's PlayStation Plus. Um, the other thing I did this week is I bought a uh, new power strip for behind the TV. Now you Before might- we move on to that, I just realized I want to mention quickly something else about old gaming. You remind- you said that you discovered that Nintendo has been around since the 1800s Correct. making like board-type games, Mahjong cards, Playing Mahjong cards, yeah. pieces and stuff. Who would, have, who would know that? Like, that's amazing. Yeah. That's, That's like a really interesting little tip. Yeah, if you go back and look at the history of Nintendo, they started off as a playing card company in Japan. Um, in like 1800 and something. Yeah, 1892 or something. Right. Yeah, it's like 
And then they made Mahjong games. And then they made uh, Pachinko games or whatever they call them. Those ones where you just fire all the balls. Mm-hmm. They made those for like... Um, before they were even into video games right. at all. Like, so they've got a rich history. It's, they're not just like... They didn't just make the Wii. They've been, <laughs> they've been around forever. Right. Like. So yeah, they've always been that company. And yeah, this year's Nintendo Prize is a packet of playing cards which are inspired by their very first playing cards. So um, yeah, good point. So yeah, I bought um, a a power strip for behind the TV and you might think wow that's really boring you bought a power strip a surge protector well we've been looking I've been looking at like conserving energy a little bit and uh, Belkin who are a company that make this conserve series of um, power strips and plug adapters and that kind of thing now what this power strip does and it's specifically for going behind your TV because most of you out there probably have a television and a console hooked to it and a DVD player and a Blu-ray player what that kind of thing so you, cable box. Yeah, cable box. So what this does is it has... It's like a regular surge uh, protector, but it has a green uh, socket right on the end of it. Now, that socket is the master socket. So you plug your television into that socket, and then the other sockets, you plug your console and your cable box, or whatever. Now, when your TV is switched on, the power to those other devices also comes on. It doesn't mean they come on. It means no. that the reason for this, if you weren't, I don't know if you're going to say it, is that they constantly leak power to them because they're ready. You can remotely turn them on. Therefore, they have to have electricity trickling the to them. So you're paying for, for your Xbox to sit there. Could be for weeks. Yeah. Before you ever turn it on again. What this does is when the TV's power is cut, then these devices completely get cut off from the yeah, juice like as well. Yeah, like it cuts. It, yeah, it leaves the master socket on so the TV can still come on when you want it to. But it cuts power completely to everything else. Like, there's nothing. No leakage, no nothing. So, And then there's another two sockets on the end of it that are permanent sockets. So if you do have a cable box that always needs a connection, always needs to be on, you plug it into the end. But I think it's fantastic because um, Xboxes, specifically, they've got a big power brick. It's almost like a PC power supply. It's a big, long power brick. That power brick sucks quite a bit of juice from the wall for no reason. Yeah, and I guess you wouldn't want to do your DVD player because most of them have a clock on the front and settings, and you might have set it up with all kinds of settings. And See, my Blu-ray player in there doesn't have a clock, and it doesn't... If I unplug it, it doesn't do anything. It's exactly the same when I plug it back in. All the passwords are there, everything. I don't know how, how it does that, but I can leave it unplugged for a week, and it's hmm. still fine when I plug it in. So they must have an internal battery or something. But yeah, this, this these strips, they're not expensive. Like It was uh, $23 from Amazon. And um, you can save yourself some money, I think. If you've got like a lot of devices underneath your TV, you might not realize that you're paying... And that leads you to the next thing, probably. That led me to the next thing, which is the um, kilowatt. So we went to see exactly how much electricity things that are just sitting around plugged in when they don't really need to be used. And you found... A kilowatt, uh, I don't know what it's called, but you plug it into the wall, and then you plug your device into it, you set it, you tell how much your electricity costs per kilowatt hour, and it tells you on your bill or whatever, and then it measures how much power's shooting out to that device, and it tells you how much you're spending per week, per month, per year, and it's kind of like it opens your eyes when... The old, you know, the joke is that your mom or your dad follow you around turning off the lights. Well, you know why? Because if you leave that light bulb yeah. on for six hours, 
even if you think, oh, what's 10 cents or 7 cents, if you do it every day for 365 days in a row, you add it together. And that's how your power is getting consumed around your house. And here's an interesting uh, thing. I have, a, I have a tablet. So it's not an iPad, but it's an iPad equivalent. It's an Android tablet. So it's sat in the living room. It's not now, because it's on my desk, because I've decided not to plug it in as much as I usually do. So it's sat, usually, plugged in charging, if I'm not using it. Now, when it's sat plugged in charging, and if it's sat plugged in charging for a whole year, it would be uh, $40 of electricity. Now, what I've decided to do is unplug it and leave it wherever I am using it. And only plug it in charge when it needs charging, and then unplug it when it's charged. Instead of just leaving it trickle charge. And that applies for everything. Like, today I'm letting my laptop just run it without the plug. When it's dead, plug it in, and then... That's the only thing I need to think about is because if you unplug my laptop and it's in sleep mode and I shut the lid and unplug it, yeah, it's still drained. the battery will die. And no, if it's unplugged, it will die within hours. Yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about it, I suppose. What's your convenience worth? Yeah, do you turn it off completely? But if my laptop costs $80 a year to keep it charged Mm -hmm. when I could cut that by to a third by only charging it when it needs to be charged. Yeah. You add that $60 to that $20 to that $50. Yes. And if you think of it in terms of a year, then you are actually... I mean, the thing on the box is true. It can save you hundreds of dollars on your electric bill. So I've been going around plugging this kilowatt in and seeing... And I, what I did find, if this might be interesting information to some people, um, you know when you charge AA batteries up, I have a little AA battery charger... That doesn't actually use much power at all. Even when you leave it plugged in with the batteries just trickle charging, it's nothing. To run it for the whole year, it's uh, $4 or $6. That's not that right, bad. Right, so your battery charger itself. Yeah. So why would it take so much to char- keep your laptop charged, for example? Because it's a big, lot bigger battery, I guess. And my tablet, even, it's a huge... Ba- the battery lasts eight hours in that thing, so it's a big battery that it needs to trickle charge, you know? Um, but yeah, I've found, you know, the things that cost the most are PCs, obviously. How much was yours a year? $140 a year to run No, my... it was 400 a year. Was it? No. I think so. No, $140 mine was to, to run for a year. Hmm. 400 no, 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 no. $140 to run for the whole year. I did that this morning, actually. And that's to run my PC, uh, my monitor my router and my cable modem all four things and that means full on full power 24 7 and they are actually on all the time apart from the monitor because the PC is a server so we just leave it switched on to serve all the files to the rest of the house Um, we haven't done that yet I've yet to do your PC but we um, actually used to have a home theatre PC hooked up to the TV now our, our TV new TV has all that built in so we've ditched that PC so there's a PC we've took out of our household, um, and that used to be on all the time, right? Mm-hmm. That was a 24-hour-a-day thing, really. So just have a look around your house, see what you've got. I went in the garage yesterday, and we have an old tube TV sat in the corner oh, yeah. that we have literally not turned on for three years. It's never even been switched on. But it's plugged in. The red light was on on the front, I looked over at it, and it was plugged in. It's been we plugged in for three years. We should much, test it and see how much, how much I've cost. spent yeah. on that electricity. Because you'll be like, oh, well, that costs $100 to do that for nothing. I also want to test the treadmill, my computer, and the printers. Because I think that printer, even though they're off, 
mine particularly. I usually well, switch those off with the switch. Right. Um, and mine is like Energy Star, so I'm assuming it when it's off, off, it's like. Is mine? No, it isn't mm. actually. But this one is. Can you see on the front? Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that uses very little when it's off. And I usually turn yours off on the side. You should you get one of those strips for the bedroom TV as well. Well, no, I can't because I have a Skype phone in there that needs to be on. Oh, yeah, I could. The Put it on TV. the permanent one. Yeah. But have the TV and the DVD player Blue plugged room. into yeah. the... Yeah. 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 So it's an interesting thing to look at. The kilowatt thing doesn't cost very much. What is it? 25 bucks? It was 30 for the one I got. Right. But I, like you say, you can go around your house You could get the one out. for $18 and it doesn't calculate the money part. You just do it yourself. But this one I decided just to spend yeah, the Yeah, this extra. one's really nice. You can just say, how much does this device cost me for a year? And it tells you. And then you can switch the device into standby mode, and it will show you how much it would be just leaving it on standby all year. Cause I oh, refrigerator. We need to do the fridge. Yeah, I guarantee you there's a lot of things plugged in in your house that you don't realize. that Maybe you've got an electric drill in yep. your garage just plugged in the wall that you've only used once in two years. I do. That kind of thing. Yes. Where you can just unplug it and then plug it in when you need it, right? So, yeah, you just have to look at those things. Because you are paying for nothing. Or like the speakers that you keep plugged in for your little netbook are on all the time. Yeah. Like, on, on. Yeah. I always turn them off, because I'm like, why, why am I hearing that sound? That's sucking power. I've probably spent loads of money on that. So if you put that on the thing, and it shuts it off. Yeah. But we could just flick the switch on that one, I guess. Yeah. But, on. you know, as, as you know, humans, we don't... We like convenience, mm-hmm. don't we? We don't... It'd be very easy to go around and flick things off when you've used them, but you don't like be... that. The uh, wireless printer router... That's on has to be on constantly. Why? Because it needs access for the printer. Not if they're off. Well, that one's always on, and I print to it almost every few days. It's physically on? Or do you turn it off and on? No. Well, this printer? Yeah. It doesn't have a switch to switch on. It's just on. It's got Wi-Fi, so it has to connect to Wi-Fi. I know, but why is it on all the time? So I'm I just saying. Use it. I use it a lot. I use mine too, but I flick it off and on. Right. It doesn't have a switch. That's I can weird. unplug it underneath the... That's weird. Because it's a Wi-Fi printer and it's I'm made I'm curious to now to see how much that whole setup costs. Charging your battery, that, and the printers. Yeah, that'd be interesting. And the phone thingy. That router, nothing. Because they're made to be on 24 hours a day. When you unplug it and leave it off, it forgets what it... And then you have to go in and program it. It's kind of a pain in the neck, right? They're made just to be on, aren't they? I mean, right. what, what I mean is, if you wanted to print something and I went and I said, oh, I have to set that up again. Right. It'd be a pain in the neck. You'd be 20 minutes until you could print something, you know? So they're meant to be plugged in. Um, but yeah, have a look around your house, get one of these things. And yeah, Belkin make a ton of stuff. They also make, I'm going to get a couple of them, the little um, plug sockets that have a timer on the side of them. Because I guarantee you, you've probably got an electric toothbrush or a, a shaver that needs charging every day. Well, it doesn't need charging for 24 hours. It needs charging for, like, an hour. And that could cost you $30 a year. Yeah, so... And you plug, don't even realize it. You plug it. these little little things into your sockets and plug your electric toothbrush in. After three, after an hour or two hours or three hours, whatever you set it to, your electric toothbrush will turn off. Completely. You have to balance it, though. Is the money I'm spending on these devices more than what I would be saving? Now, those little sockets cost $6 each from Amazon, so that, that I wouldn't worry about that. It's less than a light bulb, right? So... You know, you might as well plug them in if it's going to turn them off. If my toothbrush is on charging 24 hours a day, but then tomorrow when I get one of those, it'll be charging for 20 one, hours a yeah. day instead. One hour a day. I mean, one hour a day. <laughs> right. 
it's obviously going to save some money, right, over the long run. And, and another thing, energy saving, as we're speaking of it, it's really bugged you lately that our outdoor light has remained on because the sensor went bad. And uh, you were thinking, well, why is it on 24-7? And so we got a new sensor and you replaced it. We got an energy saving bulb to go in it. And that's another one. So that's another thing. It's not preaching about like, ooh, be all green and shit. However, if you don't want to spend the extra $400 a year, because who knows what people have. Like you said, if you've got four kids... And each one of them leaves their phone charger plugged in the wall. Does that even suck power without the device on it? Not without the device. If you've Do got, we know that for a No, fact? I've tried with everything. There's nothing if you just plug something in and right. put something to the other end. It's nothing. But as soon as you plug something to the other end, like an, like if all your kids have got an Xbox or something, or a Wii. Say they've got a Wii plugged and in. And a television. And a television. In their room, yeah. In their room. That they never use. Even. Like, say they've got a Wii and an Xbox, and they never turn the Wii on, but the little red light's on all the time. Well, yep. that's just sucking electricity all the time. And you mentioned curling irons, which I still don't buy it, but maybe some do. But that, if it's curl plugged in, mine doesn't do it because we tested it. Yeah. But that it might just constantly some older be ones. trickling power. Yeah. But we, we all leave our curling irons plugged in. That's not even an option. No, mine yours is fine. It's got a cut-off switch that actually cuts it off completely. Um, and then the other thing, and this is the weirdest thing... I was said to you the other week, why don't we have a recycling program in, <laughs> yeah. our, in our neighborhood? Because we just always throw all our trash in the bin and it gets picked up. I said, I wonder if our like company does recycling. I said that to you and you said, I don't think so. And then I opened the mailbox a couple of days ago and it says, oh, hello. Um, new. New. We're, <laughs> we're going to be starting doing recycling. And I was like, wow, did they read my mind or something? Mm-hmm. Because it was odd that I just mentioned it and then it occurred. So now we've enrolled in that program and they delivered us a recycling bin um, to go along with our regular trash. Um, and we've started, re- you know. Because it. it's um, this kind of recycling. It is the no sort type. So in our recycle bin, and what we're discovering already is that we have more recyclables than, real than trash. trashables. Yeah, which is awesome to be able to recycle it all. And this place, what they do is the no sorting type. The only things they don't take are plastic bags, which we don't have anymore Glass. anyway. Glass and polystyrene styrofoam. So, like everything. Soda can, beer can, Paper. pie trays, aluminum foil, spray paint cans, hairspray cans, air freshener containers. Shampoo bottles. All that stuff. And obviously, all the other stuff like cardboard, they'll even take, which a lot of places don't take. Pizza boxes or... Things like that that have had any kind of prepared food touching them because of right. like hygiene or what I don't know what reason. But these pieces it says paper. If you can tear it, we can recycle it. So and it lists like loads of things: butter containers, coffee cans, ketchup containers, yogurt cups, seasoning bottles, health and beauty aid products, household cleaners, medication bottles, milk jugs, which is awesome because every four days or so you need another bottle of milk. And that's just going in the trash. And while we could have been making the effort before, we didn't. Yeah. And now it's like, I think we should turn our trash can into the can to put all our stuff in. Or, like we've been doing, just carry it down there. I can get a basket by the back door and throw the stuff in. Because it's mostly, it's not wet or gross. No. Because you'll rinse out all your food in fact, stuff. my message to people, well, why I wanted to mention this is, if you've not thought about recycling, and you, you just never investigated it, and you're interested... Phone your whoever picks your bins up because yeah. um, they might do it and you don't know. And it's they free. Brought us a this big is actually bin. free. Yeah, and it's a big bin. It's yeah. and we have a place to put it. Not everyone will. Right. Ours just sits behind our. We have a two car garage and they sit it's in front the of back. the door we don't use. 
and you know just throw in the stuff, put it out. So, it has to go early in the morning on the on and the it's a little bit day. of extra work for you because you have to think about things, but that's good. You might be amazed at how much stuff you could send to the recycle. And my thing too is, you're also adding some industry to your town because this recycle place has to hire people to sort and they have to put other things in motion. Other people are, you know, money, uh, you know, like economically speaking, money has to be moving around in your town because of this. And And who knows the impact, but why not? And I know schools introduce recycling to kids early on, but I think it's a good uh, thing to introduce your kids into recycling. It's a good project. Because when they get older, it'll just be a normal thing for them. So they'll always do it, you know? So, um, yeah, recycling. Uh, contact your local bin people or whatever. Or go to 911.org or dyke.com. Can't remember which one. Shit. Reliable no. information. Earth 911. <laughs> yeah, Earth 911. Earth911.com. And you put in your um, zip code and it will tell you the nearest places. Now, we've even discovered, because we want to know what to do with the curly bulbs. Because yeah, uh, C- despite what they C- tell you, FL light bulbs. but the five to ten year thing, it's bullshit. They do burn out. Uh, we wanted to go, oh, where do you take them? Because they have mercury in them. You should take them to the places. And you said Lowe's, Lowe's has a place. So you might find that your local hardware stores and big chain places, um, Sears, JCPenney, places like that will take batteries and whatnot. You may even have government in your local area that has a recycle place. So go to earth911.com and you can do a search for places and just sort of do your own initiative. But And uh, because we're running a little bit longer, I have one more topic, but I'm not going to cover it till next week. But it was my birthday this week and we went for our visit to the cinema and we went to see... Oh, yeah. We went to see Ridley Scott's Prometheus. We can do a little mini review. We'll do a mini review. Talk about it next week. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I won't. I won't spoil. Yeah. Um, and but, yeah, for me, what are you going to say? What's for dinner, Sid? Talk tonight is an Amy's cheeseless pizza, which I love. Some broccoli and something else. Oh, some chips, <laughs> fries. Yep. Amer- uh whatever, country fries. And I'm going to have Nutella on a tortilla for dessert. Because it's nice. one of my favorite things recently. And my advice for the day is express yourself. If you're all repressed and shit constantly, and pretend like nothing ever bothers you, and nothing ever gets to you, and everything's fine, and everything's great, and, oh no, that doesn't bother me, oh no, that doesn't bother me, and think the whole world is annoyed by things, but you are not. You're full of shit. And you're probably going to be like a pressure valve. And all that frustration from all these little things that you like to pretend don't bother you is going to go like, and like point in the wrong direction. Like a pressure cooker goes like, space channel five. And it's going to point at the wrong direction and burn somebody who shouldn't be burned or all that effort, energy is going to go in the wrong direction. So if you're driving and something annoys you, say it. You have a thing that you don't, you think I'm like super annoyed when I'm driving because people annoy me in the moment. And I'm like, oh, God, what an idiot, what an asshole. And then literally, there is no time frame. It's gone. It's out of my mind. It's out of my body. I've flung my arm around and that energy has been expelled. If I was driving with my teeth clenched and my white knuckles and I wasn't saying anything and I was just sitting there thinking to myself, oh my God, I'm so frustrated. I'm so frustrated. But I was trying to pretend like everything was fine. All of that tension and energy has to come out some point. I might get home and you might say something that's perfectly innocent. And because I just spent 20 minutes keeping all my 
bad emotions in myself, that pressure cooker is going to go off and I'm going to point it at you unnecessarily. So I say, within reason and appropriately, express your feelings as you go, however you happen to do it. Don't be hateful. Don't be rude. Don't be, you know, vulgar in public if you can help it. Don't throw things and punch people, but like express yourself because I'm going to know by looking at you if you pretend to be really reserved and everything's great that you're going to be lying. And so don't do it. So express yourself. Good advice. Express yourself. That's it. All right. So thanks for listening to the show. I'll remind you about our websites, ascully.com, sitar.com, catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can catch this um, podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, or you can just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, listen to it right there if you're technically uh, backward. You can also email aschoolie at aschoolie.com. Don't email SidTalk at SidTalk.com because she is bored of all your shit. <laughs> and That is not true. Finally, stay classy, Jane Fonda. And don't be, um, don't hate Barbarella, Jane. She doesn't. Don't dislike it. Don't throw it to one side it's a fun movie that you appeared in and people love it and embrace people it people will love it forever embrace it and I'm going to say think for yourself because if you don't do it someone else will do it for you and express your thoughts because if you don't do it no one's going to do it 